All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Monday Night Hammer special edition uh, today brought to you by For Fantasy's Sake Mobile Party Experience. Um, for Fantasy's Sake QC.com. That's where you can find uh, my content. Um, I'm Nick Garal. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at run underscore the underscore Sims. You can find my uh, co host here, Michael Sicoli at Michael Score underscore underscore Sicoli. Don't forget that second underscore. You're dropping the takes left and right. Um, I'm not really on Twitter. I'll be honest with you. But before I uh, get ahead of myself here, we can talk about that in a second. But um, special edition, one flu game. I don't know if you guys could tell. Last week, I was in a bad way. I was I was pretty sick last week. Oh, you sound, sounded impeccable. Bronchial, not viral. So it's in my chest. I get tested for COVID every day at work. Um, shout out to me. Um so it's the flu game. It's also, Michael, the day before my 30th birthday game. Oh, well, that's tomorrow? Big 3-0. Oh, big my. Big 3-0. Well, Listen, this... man, you, you caught me at the right time. You've been here for all the big life events. Turning 30, really getting engaged. Yeah, so how are you doing tonight? I'm, I'm thriving. I'm thriving. Oh, well, I'm not, as, I'm not as hyped as a, you know, as a birthday eve, you, you know, you would be. But I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good myself. I pulled off a... A trade last night that won me this week by uh, I pulled off one of those rare trades where it was with my opponent and I took two players oh, wow. in the lineup that way. Wow! Took oh yeah, yeah. You you mentioned that. Player. That what was that guy? Can you um, walk us through that one? Because that's to me, I did not understand it. He's one of those. It. He's one of those fraud teams. He's sitting there at sixth with like the tenth most point four, and yeah, he's, he's like you know I'm he's working the fence here. He's looking at DJ Chark on a contract here. He's trying to buy LaVisca Chanel for low. Dude, he's he's galaxy braining it. Wow, hey, he I'll did not him. buy him for low. He sold. He, so you got Justin Herbert in that deal. Oh no 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 no! I wish no. Oh Khalil Khalil Herbert, infinitely <laughs> different. Um, okay, I it was LaVisca Chanel, and I, I ended up sending a twenty-two fourth. Who cares? Uh, Visca and a fourth for a 23-second Khalil Herbert as a Montgomery owner and Adrian Peterson. Okay. I'm fine with that. Right. I mean, it's at the end of the day, and I hope that rev outside my window wasn't too loud just then. But yeah, it's fine. I Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm pushing for a win right here. I'm sitting here at four and four. These are the, these yeah. are the weeks. You got to start committing. You got to commit yeah. one way or another. Don't Dude, I went – I so the reason I, ha- I had Justin Herbert on my mind is I went to the Eagles game yesterday – um, oh, oh I, my yeah. friend, Eagles game too. My roommate. Yeah, it was it was a really good game. Um, honestly, um, Philly fans are great. The <laughs> the people that sat behind us were just screaming for the Eagles to run now. the ball, which which actually was good advice because the Chargers' run defense is not very good Thank right you. now. Um, and they once they did they started getting Jordan Howard uh, going. They started getting Boston Scott going. Kenny Gainwell fell into the end zone and saved a lot of my lineups. Um, cause this was a week where, uh, about, uh, you could win with under a hundred points. In, in oh my weeks. God. It was a horrific, it, what a, what a, what a bloodbath. And the one dynasty league, I mean, just to give you a reference, I typically like the high score, we pay them out, um, the high score every week. And it's typically like anywhere from 170 to 200. The high score this week's going to be like 140. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it was a, it was a crazy week. Lots of upsets. When the bills put up six points and lose to the Jags, you're going to have that. So. Let's jump right in. We've uh, we got some uh, stuff to cover here. A wild week, but the thing is, uh, not a whole lot to glean from this week in terms of 
it was just one of those weeks, man. Um, it's kind of a wash. I would call this a noise week, not really a signal week. Um, but we're going to jump into the, uh, the, the last four weeks, some of the usage, some of the PPR point numbers, um, just to give us a clear look at who is starting to, to ascend here in the back half of the year and who might be falling off. Uh, so maybe some buy sell conversations as well while we're at it. But I think the biggest injury that we need to talk about is Chase Edmonds. Um, high ankle sprain, probably going to get put on short term IR if he hasn't already. Um, I saw a tweet, um, which made sense to me. It looks like Eno is going to project, Eno Benjamin's going to project for about 60% of the Edmonds role, um, if that. But That's regardless, uh, that James, is awfully insulting to what James Conner just put on. Yeah. Last week. Well, James Conner looks good. Uh, he, so he's in for an RB1 workload. If he gets 40% of what uh, Chase Edmonds was getting, um, yeah, it's a, that's an RB1 workload, and we're off to the races. Uh, i got a lot of zero RB teams in the uh, the best ball tournaments with, with James Conner, like, anchoring them. So hopefully he uh, he can score a lot of points in these next three weeks. Um, and at, the, uh, at the same time, this is also as high as James Conner's value will ever be for the rest of his career. With no disrespect to James Conner, this is an RB1 yeah. here in the big fantasy push mode. So if you yeah. have him, that middling team, maybe you're looking to, you know, can, you're not looking to – you know, contend this year, this is the time to sell. It really well, is. He's been a monster week. I'd yeah. be buying a contender if the price was right. He is 26, which that's, sell. Um, that's right in the middle, right? That's not 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 a spring chicken. Not He's old. 26, not on the same contract. Not on a good contract and not on the same contract. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think he's a good sell, and I think he's a good sell because you could you could sell the fact that he's still relatively young. Um, he's he's going to be good. That, that I mean, it's as simple. Teams need him right yeah. now, and yeah, I mean, yeah. fancy points. People will buy fancy points. Exactly. Um, Zach Moss uh, concussion. Um, he should be good to go this week. Uh, kind of day to day. Seems like he doesn't have a history of concussions. He should clear protocol. Uh, similarly, Damien Harris and Ramon J. Stevenson, both day-to-day, both could clear protocol as long as they don't have a, a setback. The Damien Harris one was kind of weird. It, I don't think it's ruled a concussion. It's listed as like a head injury. Same with Stevenson. Is Belichick like finding a loophole in the concussion protocol by listing these as head injuries instead of concussions? Um, I'm not sure. Belichick. Yeah, I mean. right? <laughs> but, um, okay. I actually have never said this name out loud. So oh, you might have to help me out. Albert Okwabunum? I think it's – oh, my goodness. I used to know it back when, you know, the draft fever was high because people love this guy out of Mizzou. Um, everyone just calls him Albert O. So I'm going to cop Albert out Albert. Albert O. But what a cop out. I gave it a shot. Uh, shout uh, out to me again. Nope, nope, nope. That's not right. Okay. Um, but anyway, he, uh, he did uh, – like a some something going on with his knee. It, it, it's not like season ending or anything, not that type of knee injury, but it could hold him out for a few weeks. I, I would probably put him in the week to week category, but regardless, fans going to be back this week for the fantasy football landscape. Like I spot started Albert O in a couple places and he, he got there with 10 points as a spot start, which is great at tight end. Um, fans going to be back this week and you really need fans to be back and Albert O to be out for fans to really be excited. There. It's he's, Fant's talented. I, I'm, I'm where I'm at with Fant is he's probably going to break out with a different team. That's just where he's at. There's too, there's too much tar- target competition in, in Denver. I mean, and, uh, yeah. even, even, even with like Teddy Bridgewater is not playing terribly. 
he's he's uh, distributing the ball well, um, but I don't think he can support uh, a, a tight end like Fant um, as as the third option on the team. Like Fant would need to be the first option or the second option. So, um, be interesting yeah. to see how he plays without Alberto this week if that's what happens. But uh, what what do you got on the on the Denver situation? I, I think it will take a different team or a different quarterback. Like and this is this is the difference here. Like. Denver can only support one, maybe two options on a weekly basis because that's just how that's what Teddy B is. Yeah. He is a fine quarterback, but he's not elite. He's not good enough to support multiple options. And then, you know, but that that can change. Let's say Aaron Rodgers is a Bronco next year. I mean, who knows? Let's say they draft the next Patrick Mahomes, which won't happen. But it's it's very possible that you do see Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant coexist. Which mm-hmm. makes maybe Noah Fan interesting by low if we're talking about him as a talented player that just will take time. But yeah, as for this year, I agree. Albert O is a solid player. He's not going away as long as he's on the field. He's on a nice, cheap day three contract. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a little bit frustrating for Noah Fan owners. Yeah, someone's gonna. I I could see Fan going to a, a, a contender that needs uh, another weapon. Um, Tennessee. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um. <laughs> And, and typically we see these young tight ends like kind of break out with their second team. That's, that's pretty common. Um, Greg Olson it's comes not. to mind. Uh, Jeremy Shockey. Um, yeah. Those are some name drops right there, but uh, yeah. And one thing is interesting about the Broncos is like, yes, Teddy, we've seen Teddy B support three solid fantasy options um, in Carolina and DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson and uh, Christian McCaffrey slash Mike Davis. Um but the thing is, uh, the identity of the Broncos is that they have two very good running backs mm-hmm. in Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. We're going to talk about them a little bit later, maybe if we get to it. But just really briefly, Melvin Gordon looks fine. Javante Williams is leading the league in forced missed tackles. Uh, just isn't finding the end zone. That's why Melvin Gordon's outpacing him in, in points right now. But they can run the ball at will on some of these teams. So they're, they're not really needing to lean on Teddy to, to dish it out. 30, 35 times a game, which it's really hard to support more than one fantasy option. And and the guy you want there is Judy, because it seems that when Judy's on the field, he's demanding the targets. Sutton has kind of taken a step back since he's been back, which is which is tough to see. But these things could change week to week. Um, but I, I just think Judy's better and he gets open in the area where Teddy wants to throw it. So uh, I'm a big Jerry Judy fan. Yeah, no, you won't get any disagreements from me. I think Jerry Judy is the number one on this team. I thought he was the he was my favorite of that you know stellar draft class. So yeah, it speaks to how you know highly I view Jerry Judy as well. Yeah, um, I put Aaron Rodgers on here as being out for uh, quote unquote being a dumbass. Um, I as, so, as sorry from a journalist perspective, I, I <laughs> it pisses me off. It's just like because the the guy that wrote, the guy that asked that question they like. I, I I'm I'm kicking myself like like making fun of him because obviously I know what he's asking. Everyone knows who knew what he's asking. Mm-hmm. Rogers is just that petty. He's just that petty. Yeah. To specify and say COVID vaccination. But- yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Aaron Rodgers, the way the question was phrased is he he said he was immunized rather than vaccinated. Um, In response and- to a question about vaccination. Yeah. yeah, and he's he's not wearing a mask. He went to a Halloween party, so he's gonna. I mean, at one point they were considering like loss of draft picks and things like that. I, I saw that 
it's most likely just going to be fined um, as a, in accordance with the COVID protocols and the league, the league protocols and league policy. But I mean, he keeps things interesting. I'll give him that. Um, he should be back this week. He's eligible to return to week 10 and we'll probably throw a million targets uh, towards Devontae Adams and everything will be back to normal and people will forget about it. And we'll be he, on to the next thing. Yeah. And he showed his importance. Like obviously we all know how important Aaron Rodgers is to the Packers, but you know, two weeks ago, Rodgers winning game confidently with no Devon Adams, no Alan no MBS, none of that. None of it. And yeah. then they lose Aaron Rodgers and everyone else comes back and Jordan Love is just not that guy. So He's I not mean, that guy, pal. He's not, he's not that, that guy. guy. Aaron Rodgers is a, is a very strong MVP candidate right now who's a has pretty good odds right now if anybody wanted to take that chance of a back-to-back. Yeah. But I'm a Matt Aaron Stafford Rodgers, stand myself, but – uh, I, I maintain well, that there's – we made with the exception of Lamar Jackson. There's not a single Oh, yeah. Player. Can oh. we talk about him for a second? My goodness. Uh, Lamar Jackson is – Just going is, nuts right now. The Ravens, the Ravens and the Bills are by two picks to represent the AFC. I'm starting to lean towards the Ravens which we, with each week. That secondary needs to clean it up. But Lamar Jackson is unstoppable. Uh, Rashad Bateman, who we can talk about a little bit in you know a short bit, he's a real candidate for a second-half breakout. That's – yeah, That's yeah, and it's hard to spot those like from from my perspective because like really the only thing you're seeing is is a pretty solid target volume. But the thing is, they're just leaning on Lamar more and more every week. It seems because the run game is kind of broken down with all of the injuries. Lamar Jackson is their. It's just incredible. He's their number one running back, which you have an extra blocker for him you just you just run the run him through with that run pass option have have the the back lead the way he goes he never seems to take a big hit it's watching him run is like hypnotizing and then he can he can throw a 60 yard dart down the field it's incredible like i mean kyler murray has that in his in his range in his range like right now like these teams are taking away um the deep like just just absolute deep shots from the chiefs and the bills with this. I, I've looked into it a little bit and, and uh, I've, I've read some stuff on this too deep shell, which is really given these, these uh, high powered explosive offenses, like the chiefs and the bills, a lot of, a lot of problems it seems. And especially when they don't have a running game. So the difference with like, you see that the Cardinals and the, and the Ravens are having a little bit more success is because yes, they have that explosive aspect where they're, you got Hollywood down streaking down Hollywood Brown streaking down the field. You got Rondell Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Christian Kirk, right? They have those downfield options on, on those teams, but they also have a semblance of a run game. Lamar yeah. Jackson being that for his own team, Kyler Murray being that for his own team. And then they, they can also move the chains if they need to. I mean, the I, Chiefs I, and the Bills just cannot move the ball on the ground, which I mean, I'm an analytics guy and throw the ball every time you can, but it seems that like the, the football landscape ebbs and flows and things get taken away. Like people get figured out and uh, these offensive coordinators are going to have to adjust because they, they're sitting on these deep routes and, and daring you to run. And if you can't, you're in a lot of trouble. No, I, I wrote a whole article about last, last year for, for fantasy sake about how the Ravens run this, you know, and it's a lot of it is a spread offense. It's so unstoppable where, no, you know, and it helps to have a better running game because J.K. Thomas is gone, Gus Edwards is gone, even Latavius Murray is gone. But what what Lamar Jackson does, just to touch on it real quick, because I want to move on. But Lamar Jackson poses as that rushing threat. So then he takes that snap from shotgun. They still have to press a little bit because they know he can easily run it no matter what happens. But that easily mm-hmm. opens up the ball over the top. 
and that run pass option opens up a slant across the middle or he could take off because that linebacker doesn't know whether to commit to that running back that or Lamar Jackson that's two different angles he has to cover or that that wide receiver who's cutting in and meanwhile yeah. that play you know forces the defense to press up and that just leaves the safeties one on one it comes down to how good is your safety and yeah they play chiefs and Daniel Sorensen, good God, we know what that answer is. It's a problem. Daniel Sorensen yeah. is allowed to probably, again, not a stat here, but I guarantee you Daniel Sorensen has allowed at least one touchdown in every single game this season. I don't know how he's still out there. It makes no sense to me, and it speaks volumes about who must be behind him. But the Chiefs need to freaking figure it out. I can't even. I, I it's, it's, I don't, yeah. it, it bothers me. It bothers me more than it should that the Chiefs are this yeah. bad. I mean, as a Steelers fan, I love watching the Ravens play, which is sad. Um, you too, and it's yeah. frustrating. Like, ah, because then you you look at the steel, you get the Steelers play. We'll, we'll we'll get into that. I can't wait for your rant tonight. Um, Jesus, but uh, we got Steelers tonight. But let's jump into it. I want to take a look at. Um, I got the um, the wide receiver slash tight end uh, leaders for the last four weeks. So we're kind of just looking at what's happening most recently. We got teams coming out of buys, changing up their scheme a little bit, starting to um, see some rookies start to step up. Um, a couple things that stick out to me, um, I got about the tw- top 20 or so here. A.J. Brown is commanding a 36.4 um, target, 36.4% target share right now, which is absurd. Anything over t- like 25 is elite. Uh, he didn't look great this past week, had a couple of pretty bad drops, but I mean, he's getting the ball thrown his way. He looks healthy. I mean, last, this past week was underwhelming, but the, the three weeks preceding that just mon- the monsters back. And with Derrick Henry out, they're going to have to air it out more and lean on another, what we call a gam, a grown ass man in AJ Brown. What are you seeing out of him in, in Tennessee? No, we, we know what AJ Brown is. We know AJ Brown's an elite receiver, so I won't touch on it too long. And honestly, last week, if you did watch the game, or this past week, I guess. It was Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey was in his head to start. And yeah. And it was Jalen Ramsey as an all-pro, a future Hall of Famer type of player. Yeah. It's 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 the Ramsey treatment. You know, it's yeah. we just – you got to say that. Brown still pulled up nine on the, you know, on the back of those 11 targets, that big target share we talked about. But, I mean, that, is, that shows his floor, the fact that he was still mm-hmm. able to put up nine. But, I mean, Jalen I mean, Ramsey – yeah the titans are still you have to schedule for that you have to schedule that you know if you're going against Jalen ramsey this week you have to temper or completely obliterate your expectations yeah until proven otherwise i mean daryl revis was like that and then all of a sudden he wasn't um Jalen ramsey is not not showing signs of slowing down he's so big too Um, Jalen ramsey is let me double check this he is 27 years old he just turned 27 like three weeks yeah yeah, he's got. Oh, it's it's gonna be a problem for wide receivers for another decade. I mean, I feel like the if if you're in any type of league where where people are relatively sharp, like the Michael Pittman buy low window, it's it's, clo- it's been closed for a while. He's been wide receiver three over the past three weeks, twenty three percent target share, which is great. Lower volume on the Colts, so he's he's that's only twenty eight targets. Um, but he's got a high catch rate. He's getting it done. He's scoring points. He's scoring touchdowns. He had a monster game in the past three weeks, so that's pumping his numbers up. But, I mean, he's up here with some really good names, and there's good reason because he's an alpha. Um, Bob Trees. Again, a lot of people quit on Bob Trees, and, and by Bob Trees, I mean Robert Woods. The past four weeks, he's he's a wide receiver one. Um, 
demanding, again, a, a 20% target share, but on a high volume offense. So uh, context matters. Uh, Michael Pittman at a 23% target shares, 28 targets. Uh, Robert Woods at a, at a lower target shares, more targets. So you, you have to put these into the context of the, of the team that they're on. And Robert Woods is starting to, to get going again. They put him in the backfield. I saw him rush, rush uh, for, for a first down uh, last night while watching the game. He's explosive, man. People forget about Bob Trees. Um, he's amazing after the catch. He's, he's fun yeah. to watch. People like him for a reason. He's a good player. And, I yeah. mean, anybody that was selling him on, you know, the first few games of the season when, what, he put up 12, 12, and then 7, like, oh, we're freaking out over that? Well, I'm going to drop 15, 27, 11, 15, 21, 18. Like, he's he's a good player. It's 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 about trusting talent, something I, don't, I think we might overlook in fantasy football a lot, although – Allen Robinson might be begging us otherwise, but for the most part, you do have to just trust talent and you trust the offense. This is uh, the Rams are the Rams. The Rams were going to be a good team. We knew that the Rams were going to be a good team. So anybody that would bought Robert Woods early, well done. Yeah, you had to be patient with him. He, the thing is, he wasn't he wasn't airballing right, but he he also uh, he just wasn't, wasn't giving you twenty a week, which is in his yeah. game anyway. Yeah. Um, he had a stretch there, I think, last year where he was just scoring so many touchdowns. Oh, yeah. Um. But, all right, so uh, one that really stuck out to me here on this list was Christian Kirk. Um, what do you got on him? I want to hear your opinion on Christian Kirk first. So I, I was out on Kirk entering the season. I was officially like, listen, last year you gave me the line, word for word was, listen, I had an ankle injury in my sophomore season. This is my third year. It's time for me to break out. And then he did absolutely nothing. And Kyler Murray was fantastic last year, just as he was this year. And honestly, I'm not I'm not quite sure what the difference is. I don't know what's changed. But Christian Kirk, I don't know if A.J. Green somehow mentored Christian Kirk into a new amazing receiver. But Christian Kirk's being productive. He's still catching. You know, he's caught four. Uh, he's had four receptions or more since week five every single game. Um so, I mean, he's being used down the field. That's what he is. He's a bit of a field stretcher, and nobody else on that offense can do that. Rondell Moore can, but he's he's a smaller guy. It's a little bit different. Yeah. So, I mean, that's – if the Cardinals offense is going to air it out, which, you know, the offensive line is better this year than it was last year. So, that's how they're able to do that. And Christian Kirk isn't dropping them. So, it's – Yeah. He's, a, he's definitely a low-floor type of play. He can put up those 1.9 weeks, which, you know, he put up one and a half against the Rams. He – can put up he can put up eight against Green Bay, which you know you'll take that. But he has a high he has a high snap share in a very productive offense. That's yeah. That's all yeah. That people people just need to come to terms with the fact that he's ahead of Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore is yes. more of a gadget player that his role should grow, but not while Christian Kirk is ahead of him because he's doing exactly what what he's being coached to do. And um, yeah, he's getting it done. So I thought it was just surprising to see him. I mean, he's in the last four weeks ahead of Adam Thielen, C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Debo Samuel, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs. Let's talk about Stephon Diggs. He's got a 19% target share. It's that whatever teams are scheming him out, they're not force-feeding him the ball like they were last year. He was like – after the first month of the season, after he got acclimated to the Bills' offense, after not really having an offseason to do so – he went. He jumped from like about six or so targets a game to like eleven plus targets a game. We just aren't seeing those eleven plus target games from him. He's he's kind of hovering around six, seven targets a game again. And unfortunately, it's just it's putting him on the wrong side of variance. He's not giving those explosive plays. He's not finding the end zone as much. And I mean, he's not killing you, but he's not giving you round two value. 
Or this I is, mean, in my case, I I took him in the first round a couple places. Um, but this is this is a perfect example of just a little bit of regression that smacks you in the face. He's mm-hmm. on track. Last year, he had 166 targets. That is outwardly or otherworldly. And we knew he was still going to be a target fiend this year, and he was still going to be very good in that. He's still on pace for 140. Let me double check. Yeah, 144 targets. That's would be his second most in his career. That's totally fine to be a wide receiver one. That's a great number, but that's still 20 targets down from the year before. And, you know, the yards per target is down, you know, just a yard, but it's enough. And then more importantly, he's only scored three touchdowns this year. Now that could definitely change. That could be a second half tear. Who knows? But that's why his ceiling isn't there. That's why he hasn't performed to second first round talent because he, he hasn't given you the boom weeks. He's only had three touchdowns in eight games. And given his expectations, given his volume, that should change. But this Bills offense is it's more spotty than we think. And Diggs is, I mean, without without those touchdowns, without that, you know, if he if he's not gonna have 160 targets, like a DeAndre Hopkins insane number, then he needs to start scoring to have the high, you know, high blow up weeks that we want him to have. And the difference yeah. is they have a man and they, they have a number two target they like. Like Cole Beasley's still getting his. It's not as much as last year, but he's still getting his. But now yeah. Emmanuel Sanders factoring in. Where Gabe, you know, Gabe Davis wasn't, and Dawson yeah. Knox is being used in the red zone where he wasn't last year, and those are the mm-hmm. changes where Diggs is all of a sudden not, you know, judge, jury, and executioner. He's just yeah, he's 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 the focal point, but that's that doesn't mean everything. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's kind of puzzling uh, because it has been an explosive offense minus this past week, of course. But hopefully, they rate the ship. I mean, have they had their buy yet? Yeah, they, they have. have. They have. Yes, in they, week seven. Yeah, they've had their bye, so I don't know. Maybe they'll write the ship a little bit after this week, and uh, he'll start to see some more volume come his way. The last one I want to talk about here, um, I feel like is your boy. Oh, yeah. Elijah Moore's on this list, but if you play a little bit of one of these things is not like the other, everybody else on this list is commanding close to a 20-plus percent target share. Um, Elijah Moore's at a 14% target share on an offense that – Terrible. I don't know. Does it really have its identity? Mike White, jump off king. Uh, Zach Wilson could be back, but yeah, Elijah Moore. This is a classic regression candidate, but he's young, um, so he could see that rule grow. I just don't know if this is the year. I mean, if you start him this week, great. Count your lucky stars, but otherwise, don't don't expect that to be the the norm moving forward. Why not? No, okay. Because he has a 14% target share on a bad team. Hold myself back a second. All right. So I will, you know, there is necessary context here of he, you know, he just had a career day. Corey Davis was also out. That does factor in. But every year, every single year, like clockwork, we do see a rookie receiver take a big second half lead. Now, okay. that could be Elijah Moore. It could be. It could be Rashad Bateman, who I mentioned before, who is a really talented player who has a high ceiling with his physicality and route running and a very good quarterback in a much better offense. But for Elijah Moore, this is a guy that doesn't need a big target share to make a splash play. We just saw it last week. You know, he turned what eight targets. That's, that's a, that's a good number of targets. But yeah, he turned, definitely. You know, he turned into 12 yards per catch and that's not a, it's not a huge number, but that's the type of player he is. He's more around that 12 range than he's been all season. And you know, the coaching Co- the, the coaches have shown that they want to get him the ball. They've had some designed runs for him. 
And I do think that will improve over the second half. I still think he's going to be a volatile player. This is a, still a rookie. This is still a terrible offense and, you know, in the worst football ta- uh, city of the world right now. No offense to my New York, my home, I mean, on my home. But Elijah Moore is someone that we'll look out for. It's not someone that it, – it, it, he's the type of person that, you know, when there's smoke, there could be fire. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I definitely do think he's talented. I'm just, I, I think I, for me to believe in his second, second half breakout, I think you got to be a believer in Zach Wilson. And I'm just not, unfortunately. Sure. Let me, um, let me make a, a small extra argument here. Just very quickly. Tell me yeah. how these matchups sound. All right. Buffalo, whatever. Miami's a good matchup. Houston, solid. Philadelphia, Darius Slade just went down. That's interesting. And also Darius Slade probably wouldn't be on Elijah Moore based on size matchups and all. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans, same thing with Marshawn Ladmore. I just said. Miami, Jacksonville, Tampa, Buff. That's not that's not a scary stretch for me personally. Now, again, the Jets are terrible, but that's another thing that could be in Moore's favor. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. I'm going to keep an eye on him. You want to do a little head to head here? You want more, and I'll take Bateman. Rest oh, of absolutely season? not. No, I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm right. listen. I, 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 <laughs> I, I thought I'd get you. I thought I'd get you no, on that one. I, I brought up Bateman for a reason. Bateman. If I had to say an odds-on favorite, I'd probably say Bateman over more, just based on offense. Yeah. I mean, it's not out of the it's not out of the question. Oh, not to no. be the guy that comes out on top, at, like from from week ten on. But um, I just think like if you're talking probability, better offense, more explosive. I've I've been, I've been saying for weeks on this show to stash Bateman. I, I have yeah. ever since Bateman the- has the first round draft capital, right? Yeah, so that that matters. First round draft um, capital, the better quarterback, the better offense. The yeah. All right, I almost got you there. I almost got no, you no, there. No, 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 no. I didn't fall crazy. for it. I may be on um, but I'm not crazy. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, let's talk just briefly about our beloved Steelers taking on the Chicago Bears, potentially the only other team uh, that's more of a mess than we are, but somehow getting it done. Uh, they're both very similar in that regard. Where one week it's like fire everybody, uh, the quarterback is not the answer. Um, the next week they're like, oh, you know what? They got a little bit of something there. So, uh, what do you think? Who's your rant guy tonight? Who do you who do you need? Well, who I need is Najee Harris, and I do think Najee Harris completely annihilates them tonight. Um, it's this Chicago defense has not been the same defense we've seen in the past. It's it's really, honestly, for lack of a better word, awful. It's been pretty awful. They're twenty fourth against the Rush. They're allowing one hundred twenty five rushing yards a game. That spells, you know, Najee Harrison, this improving Steelers line. It, this marks them for a good game. This marks them for a solid win, continue a four-winning streak right now. This is also asking Justin Fields to show up on primetime. That is tough to ask. Now, mm-hmm. what I'm interested in watching, I think Najee Harris has a good game. I think Deontay Johnson does fine. Claypool can make his plays. I'm really interested to see how the running back splits with not Dave Montgomery back and Khalil Herbert. Now, this is the first week back from injury. It is literally – just activated off the IR today. So take it with a grain of salt. But Khalil Herbert has played very well. And I'm going to be very interested to see if he's on the field and more importantly, when. Is he going to be on the field for potentially goal line work? I doubt it, but who knows? Is he on the field for third downs? That's possible. Now, we'll see. That's what I'm watching for on the Chicago side. On the Steelers side, I'm expecting the offense to pick it up. I don't think I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I don't know what the over/under is. I'm sure it's low, but I'll just probably still take the under. But it's if Justin Fields runs the if Justin Fields runs the Bears' offense will be good. 
If Justin Fields doesn't run, the Bears' offense will be shut down. Yeah, the over field day as well. TJ Watt will have at least two sacks tonight. The over under is forty, and the Steelers are seven point favorites at home, which that seems like a lot. Um, It's I need PPR game. I need twenty. I need twenty points from Ben Roethlisberger, which I mean, three years ago, like I'm feeling pretty good going in tonight. I'm I'm not feeling great tonight. Not feeling great. I also need three points from Allen Robinson, and I'm kind of nervous. You should honestly. So what? What like? What have we done? Where are we? Allen Robinson to the moon, three points. That's all I need, buddy. One catch. I just need one catch from you. Um, Ben Roethlisberger throws a couple touchdowns uh, from ten yards out because he can't throw the ball any farther. That'd be great. But let's let's hit it here because I want to go watch some football. You got something for us? I I will touch on one because I almost forgot because we didn't talk about it. But Froome's catch last week was unbelievable. And Eric Ebron is out yet again. This is Muth's role, and that is somebody that can easily take over tonight. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so we're looking out for, for Pat Fryer. And we're also huh? going to be looking out for Muth to, con- to continue that streak. Uh, Second-round rookie out of Penn State. Tight end. All right. We are, baby. We are. Um, the pride of Happy Valley. Uh, a lot of, lot of Happy Valley guys in this game. Well, actually, just two big ones, Allen Robinson and Pat Fryer. Anybody else? Maybe. Um, well, all right, well. Let's take it out here uh, for fantasy sake, QC.com. That's where you can find our content. I'll have a waiver article out tomorrow. Um, now's the time to be really taking those, those shots on the waiver wire. So we'll help you out. Uh, this is brought to you by the mobile party experience. And uh, I am Nick Rawl, AKA at run underscore the underscore Sims on Twitter. My friend here, Michael underscore underscore Sicoli on Twitter. Um, You'll find the hottest takes this side of the Mississippi uh, over there on his Twitter. And uh, good luck to the Steelers tonight. Uh, Here we go. Um, Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night.